materiality. Materiality is one of the greatest terms I have ever heard because it means that I can look at a situation which is quantifiably incorrect or is in error and say in the grand scheme of things, this does not matter. As an intern at the firm I currently work at, there was a project that I was working on. There were about 23 state returns that I had to get done. And on one return, I could not figure out why my calculation seemed to be off by $50. I was so upset about this. I lost my mind on this number. I could not shake it off. I spent a couple of hours, yes, hours, trying to figure out where this difference was coming from. And I was spiraling until I finally called my project supervisor and basically told him that we've been robbed and someone's committing fraud. He actually laughed at me because he took one look and said, 50 bucks does not matter. Materiality on this project is $5,000. I was so frustrated. I was frustrated because one, $50 was a lot to me. I had just started working that year for the first time um, in a long time on a real job. And I was paying rent on two different apartments because I had to move to another city. I had $0 in my bank account. So $50 is something that I would appreciate and $50 was something that I would personally miss. That could be food for the next two weeks. And two, I had spent so much time on this project that it meant so much more to me than anything else at the moment. So what's the lesson here? Is it that in life, some things just have a certain materiality level? And if so, is me getting upset or is you getting upset over these things, over this minutia, over the tiny details? Is it wrong? No, I don't think that's the lesson and I don't think that's the point of what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is, I think how you handle and how you deal with little problems that upset you makes a big difference on how your life is gonna turn around. So going back to my $50 fraud, I made two mistakes when I was confronted by something that affected and affronted my prior training. Firstly, I told no one. I kept this confusion inside me, even though I had people around me who were willing and able to help and solve my problem, experienced people who, in this case, had a co-investment in my success. My success and my struggle affected my community. So there was no need for me to hide what I needed to know and what I needed to find out in order to solve this problem. It's important for you, for your own peace and development, to be able to communicate things that confuse or upset you. Conflict avoidance is not always a healthy tactic. Even in this case, where I could have been seen as being hypersensitive and, communic and communicating it may have made me feel silly, it not only helps people get an insight into my headspace, but I'm articulating my frustrations and that builds rapport and goodwill. We often get frightening and silly disillusions about other people's perfection. So we don't really offer help and we don't give guidance because we always assume other people will be okay unless, you know, they say they're not okay, right? So by letting people know that I'm not okay or I'm struggling or this little thing is upsetting me, I'm not only showing my humanity, but I'm allowing us to combine as humans, allowing us to communicate and accept that we're all flawed and we're all flawed and we all need help. The second mistake I made on this project was the fact that I spiraled. 
Now, I don't know if this is an official term. I don't know if we just use it as one of those slang words in accounting that we make up because they're so cool. But basically, it means that I was stuck on this one problem and I just kept running and running around it and not finding a solution. Google could have tried to help me, but I wouldn't have found any answers there. So the real... Google couldn't help me and I wasn't really asking anyone else for help. And I was just there stuck in a rut, just going over and over and over again. The big problem was I was reacting to the situation in a wrong way. I was getting angry, I was getting sad, and I was getting resentful. And I think this happens in bigger situations. In tax, there's this fun quote that we have, and it says, options alone have value. It's actually a play on words. Um, on the word option as in having choices and also options as in stocks and stocks having value. So options in themselves have value. In the choices that you make, you are either adding value or removing value from situations. You're creating or missing opportunities. Now, if I choose resentment, am I going to get angry and frustrated and stuck and spiraling, just going deeper and deeper like someone who's drilling a nail into a wall? Or do I choose joy? and stay calm and happy. Now, I don't think either of these, honestly, are the correct answer. I don't think that we should just say happy and clueless and, oh, I'm so confused. I'm just gonna sit here confused. I think that's also a silly way to confront a situation that upsets you or confuses you. And these are really my own thoughts. And I think I'm speaking more to myself than anyone else in this moment. But I think choosing joy is good. But when a problem affronts your very beliefs or your very training, I think a stop, drop, and roll approach is a much better way to tackle the situation. Stop, drop down to your core beliefs and knowledge and ask yourself, why is this wrong? Why is this vexing me? Could I actually be wrong? And if you're wrong, does your belief needs to change or are you missing out some key vital information? See, I wasn't wrong in the fact that a number being incorrect is a problem. I was wrong because I was missing the key information that a number this small in a multi-billion dollar company is extremely immaterial. We seem to have decided that our beliefs are so firm and so established that there is no opportunity for more information. There's no opportunity for slight corrections. It's like deciding not to pollute the environment. The environment needs to be protected. I think we can all accept that. Protecting the environment is a very good thing. But I remember a conversation with one of my friends. Um, she was telling me off about eating meat. She was talking about how me eating meat allows the cow industry to keep going. And the more cows that are allowed to live means more methane and destroying the ozone layer and us eating burgers. We are killing the planet one bite at a time. And I told her, though her speech was powerful and extremely moving, it didn't really make sense. In my head, I was thinking, what about all the multi-billion corporations that are just polluting the air with smoke or like flooding rivers with toxins and chemicals? So we Googled it and I was a bit more right. Even if we did stop eating meat altogether, like, are we just going to commit a mass cow genocide? You know, there were more questions that needed to be asked. Her answer was so surface level that it caused me to feel frustrations but her pride was so big in the situation she failed to hear the answer and it really just did cause a long-winded fight over a silly little just a little silly piece of crap information you know 
She didn't take this very well because it affronted her core activist beliefs. In her knowledge and in her knowledge bank, there was no room for more. She took what she learned and she ran with it. She decided this was truth, this was absolute, and this was it. And that was a big error, a very big error. It's a spiral. And when you spiral, just like a drill being drilled into a wall, you get stuck. There's a permanent fix at the end of the spiral. It's not an ongoing thing. I think at the end of it, you're just stuck and you need help being taken out. You need to roll all the way out, fam. You need to reverse that drill. She held on to the immaterial information. She held on to this small idea that's caused silly pain and resentment. Now, I'm not saying that your pain, your fears, your ideas and whatever are sm small or invalid, but I'm saying sometimes their materiality is a different matter. Will you die on these swords? Is it worth it? Will you spend hours fretting over $50 on billion dollar projects? Or will you stop, drop and roll? Here's this book called Rise Up and Salute the Sun. It's by Susie Cassin, if I am correct. And I like what she says in it. She says, the people of today would rather stand next to a man with no substance but covered in gold, rather than the man with substance and the wisdom of gold. What if God was dressed as a carpenter with dirty nails and beaten boots? Would you recognize your maker? Would you give him your time, your vote, a cup of tea or water? Only those with truth in them will recognize truth. And you must learn to recognize all that is untrue to get to the truth. This means you do need to question some of the things that you're choosing to die over. This does mean that you need to be ready to accept more knowledge and accept the fact that, darn, I could be wrong on this. It also means you need to accept that some things aren't worth dying over and some things are immaterial. In the case of Susie's quote, the immaterial is the external. The, ex the material is what the person looks like. When we're looking for quantity and truth, we need to look a bit deeper than surface levels. We need to look a little deeper than changing our diets to fix the environment. We need to look for more permanent solutions. I think we also need to be weary of solutions that seem easy or quick fixes because big problems never have quick fixes. It's always time and effort. Anyway. I've died on this horse a bit long. Thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in. This is Chanda Pays Attention. I love you all and Godspeed.